You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa! What up, me gente? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, we got an amazing comic book creator, writer, homie is going to be, or if not already, the king of sci-fi in comics. Everything he has done, he has smashed out the box. I mean, his first stories even got option already. I mean, Mark Miller, watch out. You ain't got shit on homie right here. Let me introduce the king right here of sci-fi, the one, the only Mr. Zach Kaplan. Hey, <laughs> how you doing now? Hey, everybody. What up, kiddo? How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. What a, what an intro! And I haven't seen your uh, the countdown, the ten countdown that started this off, this thing off here. Wow, yeah. that was uh, that was incredible. Doesn't it get too intense? Like, what am I getting into over here? <laughs> well, I mean, sci-fi is my jam. That thing felt very sci-fi, very uh, very uh, high yeah. energy. I, yeah, that got me going. So I'm, yeah, I'm bringing you into the megaverse, the Comic Crusaderverse. Uh, and I like the megaverse. It. Yeah, that's good. The <laughs> megaverse. Yeah. So let's do it, man. Because yeah, listen, we needed to, to talk to people about the Kaplan verse or the cap verse, whatever you want to call it. What yeah, okay, I, folks, now with I speak. haven't figured it out. I like the cap verse. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, man, put people on, man. Where you where you from, OG, big homie? Oh yeah. I I'm a Midwest boy at heart. You know, I grew up in the Quad Cities, Iowa, uh, cornfields and all, right around well, all the children of the corn. Hopefully, you weren't killing them. I there were no. I didn't <laughs> see any of those. Uh, I I guess I was more. Uh, it was more Goonies looking for lost treasure okay. in the uh, in the in the in the backyards. <laughs> uh, and then I then I moved to uh, North Florida, which was uh, home of Jacksonville there, and um, um, yeah, and um, and then I came out to Los Angeles. I've been out in L.A. Uh, for god god Ooh. knows yeah wow so you go from midwest to to you know southeast and now you're on the west coast i mean what a transition how was that for you and and what what stages of your life were you when when you were making those changes i mean i was a kid when i was in the midwest i was young i was you know right out of spielberg you know riding the bike and running around with the neighborhood kids yeah. and all that very uh, idealistic a little ET doll in your bike. Yeah, it was very much like that. And then, and then I moved to Florida when I was ten, and that was that was a, it was hard because I was a Jewish kid from the Midwest. I was dropped in the Baptist Bible Belt. Everyone's super friendly Ooh. there. Everyone's very, uh, very nice. But I, I felt a little bit of a an out, outsider. Yeah, I'm a little outsider. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I was when they said who, who you know. Who's bringing a, who's celebrating Hanukkah? It was only my hand that went up. So, uh, you know. <laughs> you're like, oh man. Oh, no yeah, one else yeah, is bringing yeah, latkes. Yeah. I got latkes. My mom made latkes. What is it? Yeah, no one and, else is and, bringing this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And them joints is good too. Let me tell you. I, they I are up, good. You know, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up in Greenpoint by Williamsburg, you know, a big Jewish community. I, I had a lot of jobs in Greenpoint with a lot of Jewish people. Let me tell you, man, with them cake, chocolate cakes. Mm. Well, yes, I was they're gaining good. weight. I was gaining I'm weight. I'm sure. Bro. I'm sure. Jewish bakeries will bring you in. Yeah, they're uh, they got good sweets. Uh, yes, they do. As yeah, like, like you would think, uh, uh, these Jewish bakers potheads because man, they make some good shit. <laughs> maybe in the right in the right parts of Brooklyn, I'm sure you can find that one. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, but then I then you know it was it was interesting. But I like I you know Florida was beautiful. I grew up uh, near beach, and it was it was 
really nice and uh you know always wanted to tell stories came out to Bad. hollywood uh wide-eyed and did all sorts of uh, stuff around how town. old how old were you when you went out there I came out here like right out of college, 22. Oh, you know, as an adult, you made that decision. I yeah. came out. No, I no, I, <laughs> like no, I <laughs> I went to college in in Washington D.C. and I uh, okay, and then uh, studied um, you know um, theater. Really, I mean, I was, but I always knew I was going to try to do something in in entertainment and film and TV. Okay. I came out okay. and did a bunch of that. But I grew up reading comics. I loved, you know, I loved it, and I especially found comics again because I grew up reading all the superhero stuff right. and it wasn't right. until yeah yeah before you get to that step yeah. of, of your refound love let's go back to the og love how did it get introduced in your life i actually you know i actually think it was i mean x-men you know uh for sure wolverine i mean i just loved that stuff when i was a little kid okay. spider-man obviously i think though when i was when i started collecting comics was spawn and the max uh, that was when I was kind of like, you know, it felt darker and cooler. And I was like, ooh, this is... this And is newer, cool. I and think, newer. as well. Because, like, damn, you don't have this this baggage of history that, like, you know, it's going to make you break your bank. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was. I was starting out on something. It was really exciting. So, uh, yeah, I got into to all of that. and um, But then I think, you know, I, I, I got away from it a little bit. And then it was it was right around back in college when I started to get back into... Oh so, yeah, I mean, yeah. So what what years were these then? Where you're saying that you kind of got out of it, and then you and then what was the gap like when you got out of it to when you got back in? What was that gap? Yeah, maybe uh, early '90s. Uh, then I I kind of missed it in the in the middle of the '90s. Maybe I I started to get away from it '91, '92, and come back around '98, '99 or so. Interesting, because yeah. my my gap was funny too, because I had a gap. I you mean, had a I, gap. I, I had a gap too uh, of like where I start kind of most everything except Spawn, and then I, even the comic shop I was going to was like, "You still buying this?" And look now, motherfucker, your store is closed and Spawn is still going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's but I had a big gap, and, and what really got got me back fished in was when Dreamwave came out with the rebooted Transformers. I said, oh, my God, this looks so dope. <laughs> Mine was uh, Why the Last Man, probably. Why the Last Ooh. Man, that really pulled me in. And all the then I started to find all the Wildstorm stuff, all the Vertigo stuff. Uh, I mean, Preacher, uh, you know. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, I read that whole run. I loved it. You know, beginning to end. And the and the show did it justice. It was fun. Yeah, you Transmetropolitan. Know? I liked the, the dark stuff and the, yeah. the the I suddenly realized, oh, wait a minute. Like I think that was when I realized that comics were not just superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I was My like, favorite oh. is uh punk rock cheeses. But when you go to you know Transmetropolitan, we're talking Spider Jerusalem. I mean, what a fucking ill character, though. No? Yeah, really, really just cool and creative and inventive, and uh, yeah, that was the stuff that I mean, Queen, the Last Country, you know, mm. just I was like, oh, uh, that Spy Jam just really brought me. But in. did you find that yourselves, or was it within the college community hanging out with the big homies? I mean, did you have you no. know tried, no. or were you alone in all this? I, I can't remember. I was no, I was alone in this. I was going, and this was back in still, you know, late late nineties, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. So there was no internet or anything. This was me going to a comic book shop, and kind of going, 
what's this one featured on the shelf and flipping through it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was, but I was just picking up stuff or maybe I'd overhear something. There was no, there weren't, you know, there was, you were not uh, podcasting back then to tell me nothing, nothing was going on. I needed, yeah, I needed some of that, but I found, nonetheless, I found, so I go in and say, Hey, what's, what should I, I like this? What should I read? I liked preacher. What should I read? I liked why the last man, what should I read? And I just started inhaling it more and more. And that was beautiful. Yeah. It was, yeah. So it bit, it, the bug bit you. All right. So you say you were always destined, you felt, to, to kind of get into entertainment. I mean, you, you yeah. said that was your narrative. So when you have this narrative that you want to do something, that's your destiny. You got this because you, you are making it happen. You are speaking this onto the world. You are manifesting and you're doing it. Look at you. Yeah. So <laughs> when, it, when, when did you take the, the, that bold step? to say, okay, let me step into this creative world and put myself out there. When did that spark happen? It's a great question. I don't know that it was a, that it was a, a spark. I mean, I feel like it's, it's been a slow burn the whole time. I don't know. I feel like, um, it's it's a drama movie. It's like an itch. It's like an, it's like an addiction, you know, it's an, this is an addiction movie or something, but I mean, Mm. you know, I, Every time I would think about doing something else, I'm, I come back to it, you know, and I, I, I always wanted to tell stories, whether it was um, whatever it was. So, I mean, I, you just keep pushing. And I feel like creators, when you're getting started, when you're getting in, you still aren't sure that you're, you, you know, you're, you got doubts, or you're not, you're wondering, or it's, it's hard work, you know, it's a grind and you just, you just keep pushing. So I don't know that there was a spark. I mean, certainly... Certainly, I guess Eclipse was a big deal for me because that was the moment that I, yeah, I actually always wanted to make a comic. I always wanted to be, I I grew up wanting to be a storyteller and tell stories. And in that, I wanted to make a comic. I did not know I wanted to be a comic creator until I put out Eclipse. And Eclipse, Eclipse, I just wanted to make a comic. I loved the medium. But then when I went through the process of making it, even before it hit stands, just the process of making it and going and learning about the comic industry and learning more, like being on the other side of it, I was hooked. And so when that thing hit, uh, you know, I was very fortunate that it did it did well and people really liked it. But I, I was I was bitten by the bug then. So I think that was the spark for me in terms of comics that I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in. Sign me up. You what know, was the learning curve like for you? Here you are, a young creator. You, you're building your first book. I mean, what were the learning curves like? What were you handling? I mean, how, how did you do it? How did you get the, a publisher to even look at it and say, oh, shit, uh, we're going to publish this, baby? I mean, where to start? I mean, in terms of how to get a publisher to, to look, I, I pitched, you know, a dozen different places time and time again and, and kept trying. And uh, I got lucky. You know, I um I had a stack of other uh things film and tv scripts that showed i could write and i had this idea and top cow um i you know i caught matt hawkins on a good day he decided to give me he said this is a really cool idea i really like this and i like your writing i like your approach and uh, they must have had a window to do something they gave mm-hmm. me a, a very small chance and I, so I got, you know, you got to get a little lucky, you know, um, right place, right time, huh? You, you got it. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I mean, in terms of the learning curve, it was, it was, I mean, I knew how to tell a story in the basics of, you know, but, uh, working with a, a comic a, a artist and, and the, the process of 
um, understanding a layout and the, the compression of space and time in a comic and how that's different than any other medium. And mm. uh, just, it, it was, it, and then, you know, the business, the, uh, the, the concept of, you know, conventions, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of conventions <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, retail, you know, like, Oh, I, you know, like, you want I, me to meet people and sign books? What the hell is this? I mean, it was a joy. It was, I was excited <laughs> to do it, but there was, there's a lot of a learning curve. Uh, I think, uh, cre I think all comic creators kind of go through that where you're kind of thrown into the deep end about do this, do that. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but it was a while. It was a ride. God. I mean, I, I definitely got thrown in the deep end there, but it was great. That's wonderful. And now how did you find and start building a team? Was was the publisher responsible for that or were you building your team ahead of, you know, finding a publisher? The it, it kind of all worked in concert, but uh, they had a few names they were looking at and I saw Giovanni Timpano. Um Oof. and yeah, he's a gorgeous Boss. artist. Um Boss. I lost him to um he's been doing all these Call <laughs> of Duty. He's been doing all these Call of Duty um comics. Everybody because I lost him. No, no, you didn't did. lose him. You didn't lose him. He's gonna I know, come I'll do, back. I'll do a comic back. with him again someday. We talk about it quite a lot, but um, but uh, he's doing uh, he's doing doing a lot of uh stuff with Call of Duty, and I think he's got awesome. a a Benelli book or something or Panini book coming out over. He, so he's doing very well. But uh, yeah, I saw his stuff. Actually, it was a really tough decision. Uh, he was six months out or something. He wasn't available for six months. Oh wow. And they, uh, when I, and so they said, you want to get someone else? And, and I just knew he was the right guy. And I said, I'll wait. How did yeah. you know though? Just, just for a creator to know this, like, how, what did you feel? What was that feeling like when you knew this is the person for me right here to do, help me in my project? I don't know that you know, it's like, it's like dating or something. I don't know that you know the right <laughs> answer. You know, it's just, I just had a feeling that, uh, I looked at his art. And there you was some butterflies. Like, oh man, this is the one. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, uh, you know, I did get, I did look at the artwork and I got, I mean, uh, I think all even fans and, and readers of comics get butterflies when absolutely. they see something. When we see beautiful art, absolutely. And, and then here we are spending money, at least in, in, in my, in my case, you know, I have somebody looking at my collection like, what is, is that new? No, I've been had it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think it was uh it, it, i i got butterflies looking at the artwork and i i knew uh, i had to work with him yeah and he's yeah. he he brought i mean people who've read eclipse you know uh for those of you who haven't read eclipse it's a world where the sun turns deadly and is burning people alive and then there's a murder that takes place that follows this uh ordinary guy who's been out fixing solar panels who's got a basically gets pulled into solving yeah. a murder I'm saying though, the solar panels are collecting massive amount of energy though. Yeah. At least we ain't paying electricity bills, folks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it needed some it needed an artist that could capture that world and 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 it was really this beautiful this beautiful post-apocalyptic world. And it even though it was desolate, it was it was pretty. You, the underground was dystopian and above ground was kind of freeing. And um yeah, he just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, and, and what is this thing, man? Because again, I, I, I'm saying you're the king of sci-fi for comics right now, bro. For real, bro. That's very nice. They better send you got crown, you know, like like FedEx, you know, same day delivery. I don't right know. Now. I, I don't know about that. I I feel no. like I I would like to earn that title one day, but I, I'd have you're to. Smashing I, it, bro. You've I have been to Dolly working. Parton. 
You know, Dolly Parton said, I'm not ready for the, the rock. Uh, I will put out some uh, God titles and then you can have me back on and we'll prove that. But I'm not. It's it. Nah, but you got this, but because every 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 joint you got is just been murderous. It's awesome. So Thanks. what is it with you and, and this fascination with sci-fi? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's a two. It's two things. Dangerous one, question. <laughs> I've already, I've already kind of. I think I've already kind of covered it. One, it's that kid in the Midwest in the cornfields who watched ET and Goonies and Spielberg and is looking up, wondering what more is out there, you know. And I feel like that's one part of the fun of science fiction is imagining that world, uh, that fantastical spectacle that that we all kind of love thinking about. And the other thing is growing up in in Florida, feeling like an feeling like an outsider. And so a lot of my stories have these amazing worlds, and they have characters that are trying to find their way through them. And so I think it's the 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 breaking of that '80s idealism, and kind of that 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 young kind of spirit being dashed to the realities of life. And okay, what are you going to do now? And I, I think that science fiction is just such a fun genre to explore stories that make us think and make us feel and make us wonder. I just, that's my favorite part of going to the movies when, or going to see a great TV show or picking up a comic that, you know, I just, if I want to talk to someone about it where I'm, you know, ow, oh my God, did you check out this? Did you check out that? I mean, that's the best thing. And no one wants to, stories that bring, bring out that desire to, talk to someone about it that's mm-hmm. the best so um agreed agreed yeah. agreed i mean and i do that shit all the time i'm a comic fan <laughs> so I'm always, you know it, even people that don't read sometimes when just when they give me a hint that they're a fan of pop culture Yo, have you ever checked this out <laughs> hey hold on any opportunity i have to talk man uh, about this wonderful genre, you know genre culture that we have here i will do it you know what i mean yes so yeah Talk to me about these current projects. I'm going to start bringing some stuff up, man, because you got some kick-ass stuff going Which on. Which one are we starting with here? Are we doing, uh, what's the first one you got? Breakout. Oh, yes, yes. Yo, Dark Horse Comics coming April, I believe, right? Is it April? April 13th. Yep, yep. Oh, snap. This weekend is your last chance to order, so if you guys are, are feeling it, make sure you reach out to your shop. This is called oh. Breakout, and uh, basically spaceships have come, and they are only abducting young people we don't know where they came from but the government tells these young people you just got to live with it and the story follows a group of young people that aren't going to oh do man that. and yeah. hysterically at that man that's some fucked up shit going on there i'm like what really like what's going on i mean i love you too because you be coming up with some conspiracy type shit too and it's like yo you know government is grimy son because well, and, then, and why is it and you have specific age too group because yes you know, they're, they're only they're, abducting. They're only abducting, basically like ten, eleven year olds to twenty one year olds. Only adolescents. Uh, but we don't know why. And I, I think that um, it, you know, we don't know why these spaceships are mysterious. We know actually, we find out they're not exactly aliens. We don't know where they came from. We don't know what's going on. We can't. They won't talk to us. Mm. We can't get in there. Our, our soldiers get blown up trying to get in there. And so the government, it, it is not being malicious. They are just saying. What we do with so many of the the existential problems that we face today, let's just live with it. There's not much we can do about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, for a second, just to think about that, I mean, to have to be a young person 
and think that any moment in time, some robotic, uh, you know, <laughs> alien thing is going to come and grab you and take you away. And that's yeah. it. You're toast. You're living under that constant fear. Uh, it's just terror. It's just, uh, you know, agonizing. Yeah. And that's what these kids are living with. Uh, but when, when the main character's brother gets taken, uh, he says, no, I'm not going to just sit back and, and live with it. I'm going to plan a prison break. I'm going to get my brother out of that ship. And it's a very like Ocean's Eleven style heist kind of prison break setup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's about getting getting his brother back and, and his friends are going to get a couple other friends back and and standing up to say, no, we're not going to we're not going to take it. You know, we're, we're going to do something about this. And this is the may, may I assume this is the cast of characters here that we're showing right now. And I love the the, the sweater Ramones, homie got <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the clothing in a second. This is this just the main character, uh, and the the guy in the glasses is also in. The rest of these uh are just um just school kids that are also running at this moment. So this is not the full cast of characters. The okay. full cast is on a one of the other uh images, but it you you mentioned the clothing mm-hmm. and um uh, the artist on this, his name's Wilton Santos. He did some work on Star Wars, uh, uh, some Marvel stuff before. But I, I dare say this is one of, if not his first creator-owned original things. He might have done something else, but he just is a rock star. He shines. He brings this this vibrancy to the the characters. The 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 energy is youthful. The the clothing. I mean, this is all him. Just filling it with that 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 kind of energy and mood and yeah so you see ramones and atari that the kids always have great t-shirts in this oh yeah. yeah i'm digging it yeah and then the the suspense of it all and then the colorist on Oof. this is jason wordy who is, is out of this world on this you might be familiar with jason he's done a lot of stuff uh uh wasted uh space and uh yes um, yes um, well, what book. else has he done lots of uh, the autumnal some lot some vault books I feel like he's done some image books too, but he just shines on this. And yeah, uh, look gorgeous. at this one page here. I mean, yeah. this is a thing of beauty. Yeah, gorgeous. Uh, yeah, even with the reds, but I mean the nice, you know, the black lines. You could tell what's what, and and it looks fucked up. I mean, are these the scary ass aliens? Because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, here. these are just that. These are these robotic. Um, we don't know what they, where they, if they're aliens or what, but these are these robotic drones that Ooh. come and just carry people, carry the young guys, the the young people away. There's the oh, ship. Damn, yo, hell no. Yeah, this is these ships are hanging over these these cities. Uh, like just you know, haunting, haunting these communities. There's just waiting. <laughs> this is some out of limits stuff going on here. Yeah, folks. you have no idea. I mean, this is like this big cube hovering over an American football field. Yes. So you guys get touchdown. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touchdown for you, exactly. And the kids Touch are going over. about. The kids are going about their day, just walking around. But uh, you know. I'm it's, not gonna be walking around. All, I wanna be the house hiding in this bro. all day. Yeah, bro. I'm staying in. I'm staying in my garage or garage, for, as, as you guys in the UK say. You're hiding yeah. out. Yeah, I ain't fucking around. I, I would you. probably be hiding out too. But I mean, what? How long can you hide out? You know, you. you I don't know. Well, I'd be sharpening my swords and my guns. <laughs> Hopefully, I have some adamantium or some vibranium. They would not so want to mess too. with you. I get it. Yes. <laughs> There's the, they're carrying. Oh. They, yeah. This looks like uh, what was that? The rapture. <laughs> yeah, Kara being carried off. Yeah, the, mm. the, I mean, and the, the the terrorizing thing is that the they figure out that they're not that those people the kids are being held up there in detention. Oh. The the government uh can't tell too much about what's going on, but they can they figured out that the 
the oh mainly because they um sometimes these young people will smuggle in a cell phone and take a a video just precious seconds before uh the the feed is cut or before the wi-fi goes out or before the cell phone's taken so we've gotten some glimpses inside these cubed uh ships and it's a prison and they're being held up there so as hard as it is to see your friends and loved ones be taken to know that they're still up there alive it's a very uh scary uh setup and it very um yeah (laughs) good sci-fi horror yeah hell yeah man and this is again this is dark horse right this is Dark Horse, yeah. Woo! There it is. Look There's the cast look, right there. Look yeah. Those. I mean, look at that cover. Goddamn, yo. You yeah, we it. wanted a cover that really kind of both brought like that sense of being trapped, but also a sense of like uh, ready to break out, essentially. So this is a really killer cover. This cover is by Adam Gorham. He's on uh, the Blue Flame right now for Vault, but he um. Uh, is just a, a sick cover artist. He did all the main covers for our our. Studio. That was great, and it kind of also makes me think about the Hellraiser box. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, which is, I'm getting scared, bro. Being trapped in there, yeah. Ooh, this is a, this is Raphael Albuquerque's cover here, oh. which we, we were very uh, very excited to get a cover from. How did you get Raphael, yo? That's crazy, bro. Yeah, nice. Dope. and this is a gorgeous cover too. This oh. is now we're coming into metal society. Top cow image, holy smokes, yo! When I, and, and I've had the pleasure of uh, having to check this out. And folks, get ready to throw your wallet at your comic shop. Yeah, uh, thanks, Al. Uh, it, this is uh called Metal Society. Uh, gorgeous artwork by Gil Herme, Balbi, and Marco Lesco, and Troy Petiri on, on letters. I'll talk about the artwork more, but the premise on this is it it takes place in a future. Humans have had our chance. Big surprise, we blew it. We're done. Our time is out. Robots have taken over. And robots do the most natural thing, which is they bring humans back. They resurrect humans to do the jobs they don't want to do. So uh, humanity is back in a robot world doing uh, manual labor. And it follows this uh, protagonist here, a very strong-willed, female uh human rosa and she kind of realizes that this ain't right she doesn't want to just uh be pushed to the side she wants to be treated equal and uh she's going to show what humans are made of and face off against a robot in an mma style boxing fight so it's a rocky meets blade runner yeah and it's a great first issue man it's definitely a, a lot of lead up a lot of information we're getting to understand what's popping here bro you are a sicko in your thought process i mean is this the future you think that that's gonna happen god damn bro you're scaring me i am i am you, worried you know, i was you know I, I watched a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of boston dynamics have you seen the boston dynamic robots that are dancing around and they've yes been... yes i have and i'm gonna say i hope you're not zach stradamus because you're starting to scare me here bro. Uh, it's a little worrisome what we're doing with robots and stuff i i feel like uh you know uh who uh, that's what science fiction does is it worries about the possibilities but uh it makes the possibilities happen because you inspire some motherfucker to say, "Okay, let me create I know. this." I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Who, which tail, what, what's the wagon that the tail? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that what was fun about this project is a lot of the 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 stories that I feel like we see, whether it's like the Matrix or Terminator, we always see robots. When robots are in charge in those, they're always very um, 
robotic and aggressive. Yeah. And, and, and so this kind of was like, what if robots are in charge, but the robot society is kind of a little more human, you know, like they act like us. Uh, and that kind of is like holding up a mirror to ourselves and kind of saying, you know, here's, here's what we are like. So um, it was a lot of fun to kind of explore robots. And uh, this is a scene right here where um, the humans are walking out. I think we had one where the robots are walking out right at the beginning of the, of the MMA style fight. But you know, it's um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, here she is training. Yeah. The artwork is just really sick. This guy, uh, Gil Herme Balbi is his name and he was doing, um, where'd you find this guy? I'm saying found him on alien. The, the dark horse, dark horse released. um, Okay. Uh, they released um, a new alien book and it was gorgeous. And he was the artist on it and he had done a little bit more for them. I think avatar, he did some alien avatar stuff with dark horse. Uh, He's done a lot of uh, a a, a smattering of stuff, but he's also still relatively new. And he's, I think a rising star because he really um, just is great. And he also really teamed up well with Marco Lesko, who is the colorist on blade runner. And, and it's he, obvious in this. Yeah, moment. look at that. Holy shit! What a, yeah. And you say Blade Runner, and I and I go to this page. It's like wow. Yeah, they really together were able to quite to capture kind of the sci-fi vibe yeah. of this. You know, you were mentioning like the, the my thought process. I think that like fans of Eclipse and Port of Earth who really liked my hard sci-fi and, and world building are really gonna like this one because it's a lot of world building. It's a lot of uh, layers and and uh, yeah, there's a lot of you know sharing the onions of 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 this uh, society. Look at that. Hey, and look at holy shit, yo. And I mean, is the audience we this divided? Is that purposeful using those two different colors? Absolutely, yeah. That uh, the, uh, throughout the entire book, we have this motif of division. It's always division. The the, pa- the first page opens. Oh, welcome to America, 2022. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's a, 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 a there's a lot of parallels to see and consider, and and you know the I think that while it's this really cool book about uh, humans and robots fighting, and it's really this cool sci-fi landscape. Yeah, it's about tribalism. It's about um, glorifying fights yeah. for uh, entertainment value. Where do the fights really resolve anything? And what do these what do uh, what happens when we take our conflicts in a society and we um, turn those conflicts into entertainment rather than trying to work together to solve the problems? And um, Dude, preach, my brother, preach. Yeah, yeah. Preach. So I, what well, you know, I don't. It's I, I like to bring up these kinds of topics. I will say that I don't know that I have any answer. I don't have any answer to it at all. I just want to show, use science fiction to kind of to. To, to, to maybe, Listen, I, I don't know, to raise some questions and, and provoke some, some minds. That's uh, the great Star Trek, even Star Wars, you know, addresses these issues, whether you realize it or not. And, and, and you know, and, and that is science fiction. You are here to address things not as direct as you would because you're coming from a science fiction exactly. perspective. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? But however, there are so many morals in there, you know, like Zach, Zach Aesop Kaplan is right here. Yo. Let me tell you. There's some lessons to be learned and some stuff here. Yeah, the division is not the division is on purpose here. We're we're trying to show. There's the robot walkout here, and this Look is at the, that. Yeah. Look at that page though. 
look at that page and look at all the different robots and does the line work, everything. My God, this is gorgeous, yo. Yeah, really great. Really great world building there. Again, the, the division and the kind of uh, complexity of the separation of colors and the separation of these two worlds being forced together. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, look at the, the, the primary characters there that are about to solve this you know, issue, if you will. They got to control yeah. it themselves. This, cult, this uh, clash of peoples, I guess, if you call the robots peoples, this robots but, versus I mean, human. But all, I mean, again, see, and that's the other argument. You know, once they have AI, they have intelligence and all. You know, I mean, can you really call them robots if they have thought and emotion? Now you're preaching. Talk? I don't. I mean, now you're. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> well, bro, I, I've been getting into some too much sciencey stuff lately, and it's like when I started thinking about it, just from that deep level, it's like, yo, I mean, if something has sentience, you know, it. it if we're sentient and we have a soul, then can't we say then that they have a soul? If they're yeah. able to make a decision, not not a rational, I mean, a deci- an emotional decision. Yeah, it, the the robots are very human in this, and they and they act human in a way, and uh, and it's it's just really fascinating to explore. Yeah, this cover is so good. This is a cover by uh, Christina Kalidad. Kalida and oh, she's so good. Yeah. Oh my great. God, this is fine. I need her to do a, a, a now mega one, me taping up like that and shit. Yes. Let's take so, on this comic book world because this is about representing indie and everything else. But you know, primary is indie and then everything else. Yes. <laughs> I got to use the powers of the big two for that though. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, bring them in with the big two, but then they find awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I I mean I like to I mean look at oh, that one. This is Alan. Oh this God. is a cover by uh, Alan Qua. Dude, uh, oh, Alan Qua, I met him. Awesome homie. I've seen his work prior. I mean, yo, Alan is fucking amazing. Yeah, I, to me, Alan for this. I had just seen some of his covers online, and they're just like, "Where's Waldo?" of gorgeous detail, and he's just yes, so yes. good at he's so good at at detail and and dimension and and science fiction. And so I knew that he was fantastic for a cover for this. I reached out and we made it happen. And uh, I just love this concept because it's you immediately gravitate. The great thing about this is because he's so good at detail, you can see the scope and 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 yes. of of this city. But there she is. In the middle, you know, and it's, it's robots are enemies. Like, yeah, yeah, here I am. I'm standing as the champion amongst you because I see even standing taller. Yes, you stand, and we talked about that. I, I, we talked about, you know, uh, her pose, and you know, this is a, this is not a hiding pose. Don't put her in the background. Put her up front. She's yeah, heroic. Yeah. She's a, every every cover. This is a, a character that's standing tall and standing empowered, ready to to stand up for for humanity and our values. Yeah. Woohoo! Look at this one, Coño! Look at that red on it, gorgeous. Yeah. That muscle definition. Yeah. And see, and I love this one because I'm not seeing no black line work. This is like color out, beautiful. My this God. is a uh, Mateus uh, Mahanini. If I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, but uh, Mateus us. He's been. I, this is just another one. I saw. Bro. I saw great covers, and I Bro. reached out and I said, "You got to do a cover for me." Uh, yeah, he's great. Bro, this is so fire. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, what? Oh, man, he reminds me. Oh, Des Pop. That's what he yeah. reminds me of Des Taylor artist right here. Ish. Very nice. Gorgeous. 
This Woo! is uh, Fernando Blanco, who's the uh, who was the artist on Catwoman, and uh, he was the Damn. one that brought the cover to me. He said, "How about an homage to Fritz Lang's uh, Metropolis, which yes. was a brilliant br- because uh, I, yes. I, Metropolis is a, a this futuristic world about labor relations and about what? the haves and the have-nots, and so yes." If you guys have not watched Metropolis, it's a fucking classic. Just watch it, yo. I mean, again, ahead of its time, especially in thought. Especially in like special effects too. I mean, yeah, they, these yeah, futuristic. Yeah. They, I mean, they really show these this Art Deco futuristic city. But I mean, they, this movie is from it's gorgeous twenties. I think it's like yeah, from it, the twenties or thirties. Late twenties to early thirties, I believe. Yeah, early thirties. If anybody so, listen, I know y'all listening. So if y'all know. Uh, let us tell us. Yeah, but there you go. I need you to follow Zach Caps everywhere. Zach Caps, man, because That's this is right. the cap. We just showed you just small pieces of the cap verse, cap verse. What he's doing here, creating this amazing sci-fi universes, multiple. I mean, the multiverse of the cap verse over here for real. Multi cap verse. Let's call it like that. Multi cap. <laughs> No, for real, brother. I appreciate you. I want to give you your flowers just for a sec, man. Because for real, man, thank you for entertaining me. I know you've been doing this for a couple number of years now. Thank you for coming onto the scene and, and being brave and bold to share your content and share your vision. I mean, I, I know we as comic fans appreciate the hell out of you. You've entertained the crap out of us with what you've done, what you're doing, and then we can't wait to what's coming. Uh I, I look, I'll turn it back. I, I thank you and thank all the, all the, the readers out there because I know that, um, times are hard right now. We just got through a crazy pandemic and, uh, what you choose to read and what you choose to digest is very limited. So if you're picking up my books and you're me reading too, me, thank you very much. Uh, I, I, I love my readers. Anyone who's reading my stuff, you know, uh, I, I'm excited to get back to cons. I'm on social media. Reach out. You know, tell me what oh, you think. Yeah. Talking about cons before we go. Is there any con you're going to do this year that we could meet you, get our book signed, hang out, get a pick? What's popping? Tentatively, I'm looking summer and fall. So I'm, I'm ironing it all out. San Diego Comic Con's on my radar for sure. I want to do that one. Yeah. I want to do New York. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Emerald City up in Seattle. Hopefully I'll make that That's happen. Cool. And uh, and I'll see what else I can get going on. Maybe I'll be able to do L.A. Uh, Comic Con in the fall. So I'm not sure I'm going to get to any in the next uh, month or so here, but I'm, I'm eyeing summer and fall for sure. Yeah. Excellent. And so we have uh, Breakout in April. Metal Society is when? Metal Society is in May. Hey, and- April in May. Look, he's, he's, about to, he's about to drop something every month, homie. Over Actually, you, funny you say that, Al. I think <laughs> I have something coming that's going to be announced any day now. And, oh, yeah. uh-oh. What a tease. What a tease. I better get that press release like ASAP so I can find out. And, and I, I, feel like it, I feel like you might get it any day now. So, right, uh, and I'm, oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, shit. Look, at, look how he teases now. He's been, not, 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 not here, boy. He's I, been June... Like, June just looked very lonely after I planned my April book and my May book. And so I just thought June deserves something. Too, yes. So. Bring it. More of the multi cat verse. We, we need this. Let, let, let's get it done. So with that, yo, yo, Zach, thanks again for tuning in. Everybody, we need you to follow Zach everywhere at Zach Cap, Z-A-C-K-K-A-P-S. Please visit the website, Zach Cap, same spelling. 
right? Dot com. So check out everything. Keep you posted on what's popping. Please check out Dark Horse Comics. Go to your LCS right now. And tell them you want breakout. Tell them you want Metal Society. Get it done. You want to stay in life. Especially because two things. One, with the paper shortage and all that, you know, they're not going to print uh, just loads and loads. You know, you're going to go on oh. what new comic book day and yeah. it's going to be sold out. And it, and especially if you like all those co- covers that you're seeing on Metal Society uh, or yes. Breakout's got some covers, you're not going to get the one you want. The, um, I mean, I've learned no. my lesson. I, I won too many times. I'm a comic reader. And one too many times I went to the shop and I went, I'm here for number one. And they went, it's gone, man. It's it's 2, 2 p.m. Yeah. in the afternoon. It's gone. I love yeah. it. It, it that, Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. It's true collectors. I mean, real collectors. You know, not, not you speculators that hoard shit. Screw you guys. I, I, I despise you guys. But for you collectors, get to your shop and make sure that you buy what you want really quickly. Or just tell them, you're added to my pool list. So that yeah. way you could circumvent those speculators that want to buy 50 copies of a book, all right? Yeah. Add it to a pool list. Tell your shop, add this to my pool list. If not, you know, there's plenty of websites that will fulfill what you got, especially comiccrusaders.shop, all right? <laughs> they fulfill you with your pool list. So add that caps to your pool list if you're one of our customers, all right? And with that, Zach, thank you for tuning in. Yo, bro, hanging out. You thank are you. Awesome. Always a pleasure. I love thank the you. energy, kiddo. Yo, get it done, folks. Thank you for tuning in. I, y'all was shy today. Either you're driving or something. I know. Don't get into no accidents, you know, at least. But thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Much love. You know that Archer tells you what to do with that amount, Mega. Check out everything Comic Crusader. Check out everything Undercover Capes. Hasta la próxima. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 